0: These are the last days of prohibition. And this show seeks to feature the stories of the founders, the investors, the marketers that are bridging the gap. We are at a crucial point in our history here. I do this show uh, for people exactly like you. You know, people that want to learn about cannabis, want to invest in cannabis. Maybe you're thinking about starting a a company. Maybe you have a conservative job and you, you can't yet come out to the world. The day of getting a little dime bag from your guy on the corner is done. It's not happening. You're having it delivered medicinally today. In my opinion, in 18 months, you're gonna have it delivered completely recreationally, completely legal, right? Really sweet show lined up for you today. Kyle of Presto Doctor, a good friend of mine. We're gonna kind of riff on a couple different topics. Uh, legalization in California, legalization federally, the presidential election that's coming up, what's going on with Speed Weed, the delivery service in LA. Uh, we get into a lot of good stuff here. What, what's happened to D.A.R.E.? Uh, D.A.R.E. has finally come out and said that that cannabis is not a gateway drug. What a, what a massive breakthrough for education and our children. Uh, it's a really great episode, guys. Stick around, listen up, get acquainted. So we have my good friend Kyle here from Presto Doctor. Presto Doctor was on the show way back when. I think it was episode three or something like that. We had your co-founder, Rob. And uh, so he's back here today. He's going to give us a little update on Presto. Uh, and then we're going to kind of chop up some news stories and have a little fun with us. How are you, man? Thanks for, oh, thanks for being here.
1: I'm doing great. Thanks good for having stuff. me.
0: So, so what's going on with Presto? Maybe just give him a, a quick like, one-liner
1: what Presto is and, yeah, and yeah. how you guys are doing. Yeah, yeah. So Presto Doctor is, uh, of course, the number one rated online medical cannabis evaluation service so you can get your card online Um, all you have to do is just go to our website prestadoctor.com you can schedule an appointment same day with one of our doctors and get your card same day um, it's super easy. We've had thousands of happy customers and, and people are raving about it. So that's awesome. And it's so
0: fast. Like it's so easy, right? I, yeah. I had a friend that did it just a week or so ago and he signed up and like an
1: hour later he had yeah. it and then yeah. he was good to go. Yeah, yeah. people are always amazed by it. But, you know, we we spent a lot of time optimizing it and making sure it's as easy and smooth of a process as possible. Um, you know, just because I want to, I want to make it a good experience for everybody. Yeah,
0: and um, and what's the next step? I mean, how do you scale this? How do you, uh, you know, how do you get to the rest of California? I guess for mm-hmm. the moment.
1: Yeah, yeah. So it's a uh, we're definitely scaling up right now. The company is growing. We just moved into a new office. Um, in, great office. We've got a couple employees that are, that are starting in the last, well, started within the last month or so. Nice. Uh, so we're just trying to keep up with the traffic, but we're also yeah, expanding into mul- multiple markets. We're, you know, getting pretty big in Southern California now, LA and San Diego, of course the Bay Area here where we're based. And
0: and how does that work? I mean, because you don't have a physical presence mm-hmm. in the new market, is it about like ad spend in, in that market or how, how yeah, does that yeah. work?
1: Yeah, it's a little bit of, uh yeah. You know, it's, it's kind of a marketing play. Um a little bit of advertising, a little bit of a street team—you get uh, you get people to start spreading the word. Um, most people, you know, they just—they still don't know that this service exists, and they're surprised it's—it's a, it, it's a real thing. Um, so, so it's mostly an educational. We just got to make people aware that the service exists, and once they use it, of course, they're never going back to their their uh, regular traditional cannabis doctor. Right. Yeah. Um, just that, because that it's, takes time. Mm-hmm, <laughs> which people don't have. It's a shortage of time. To...
0: Are you concerned at all with the with the upcoming legislation that you know sort of this this format of video?
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, for prescribing recommendations, is that going to go away? Is that a concern that you guys have? No, no, we're we're not too concerned about that. Um, California is one of the more progressive states um, in in telehealth, anyway, and they actually have some laws about tele- telehealth already. Like yes. Okay. Um, so so you can see telehealth is here, and it's and it's big at, at hospitals. Um, you know, my insurance carrier right now is Aetna, and they they're going big into the telehealth. They have their own uh, doctor telehealth platform and. And, uh, and they're definitely spending a lot of money and going big on that. Um, and uh, so I, I can't see it really going any other way, uh, in California specifically, but also the rest of the country they're starting to catch up. Um, you know, going to the doctor's office is not necessary 90% of the time. Um, and you just have to sit there in the waiting room, uh, fill out a bunch of paperwork manually. And uh, there's a lot of redundancies that, that can just be eliminated through this easier online process. And, and that's where we're headed. And, um, I, th- I think that's going to be the future of just general healthcare as well as, you know, specifically for cannabis. Yeah, I think the interesting thing about telehealth is whenever I've gone to the doctor in, in person,
0: uh, even if it's just for a checkup, they always seem to find something wrong with me, mm-hmm. right? And I think, like, if you do the telehealth thing, mm-hmm. you're generally doing it for a specific purpose mm-hmm. and maybe you save a little time there. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. I think that's the way it's going. It's more of like a concierge court assignment.
1: Yeah, tailored yeah. experience,
0: mm-hmm, there, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, so the one thing I always really loved about your business is it's relatively low overhead, right? I mean you've mm-hmm. you kind of created this technology you come from a technology background like I do and so the scalability is, is Really really feasible in that area uh, But I think one of the big barriers as we kind of get into this legislation mode a little bit is uh, You need to be able to have doctors uh, make recommendations for, for patients in other states Mm-hmm. Right? So, I mean, do you have any feeling for how that's coming online? Are there any other states that recognize doctors from other states now?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's, a, that's an interesting question and there it, it really is something where a lot of research is required in each additional state. Uh, we've been looking at, you know, obviously all of the states that have medical cannabis. Um, but uh, but it's a, it's an interesting balance on finding the states that have medical cannabis plus the telehealth laws that will allow for an online consultation with the yeah. doctor um, a lot of states are just a little bit behind in that uh, some of them explicitly prohibit it uh, whereas others there's nothing on the books about it and it may be legal it may be not but you know we we have to spend a lot of legal time researching that mm-hmm. um, so as as far as it goes right now, California is definitely the biggest target market. We're just we're just going after California. There are a couple other states that are on our radar that we're we're looking to expand into, and obviously we need uh, doctors, and, and we have doctors that are licensed to practice. What would be in those the next states one? As well. What's what's the one that's that's top on the list? Uh, Nevada is obviously uh, one of the ones we're looking at yeah. uh, closely since they have a medical cannabis program now, and uh, and fascinating that uh,
0: you can be a California patient. And go to Nevada or specifically Las Vegas, and
1: then participate in their medical program. Yeah. I mean, super yeah. smart, right? Yeah, and yeah, definitely. Smart. A lot of people like to go to Vegas and, and whatnot, and uh, or just anywhere in Nevada, really. But now you can travel and use your California recommendation and your California ID, mm-hmm. and you'll be allowed to go into any any Nevada dispensary as well. So, so it really is the, it's one of the more progressive policies, and I and I really appreciate what they're doing there. Yeah. Um, yeah, as, as opposed to some other states where, you know, they don't accept anything except for, you know, their own state's recommendations. If that, right? If that, they're, like, mean, stingy yeah. about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Which may lend itself well to allowing them to have doctors from California do the recommendations, mm-hmm. too. Yeah. yeah. So, that, so it's, I'm sure it's yeah. not decided mm-hmm. yet. but yeah. yeah, most states still require that the doctor is licensed to practice in their state yeah. uh, because, you know, the the medical boards in different states, you know, they like to keep an eye on the doctors and making sure that they're uh, compliant and, 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 you know, not doing anything anything weird right they want to want to make sure that the doctors are are up to par so it's, it's a little bit harder to regulate if, if a california doctor is uh, practicing in another state um, but you know that being said as long as they're licensed to practice the doctor can you know be anywhere it, it's it's really a great thing um, that a doctor can be licensed in multiple states and using telehealth they can practice in multiple states sure. versus having to be physically located in all of these states. And then they can only practice one at a time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. On the on the regulation kick here on the, on the same trend, uh, we're in an election year. Right. 2016, we're going to decide a, a president uh, as well as uh, it looks like uh, adult use, full recreational will be on the ballot here. It's not finalized. I think that happens in July or something, according to Google minutes ago but but, but uh, yeah in addition to president we're going to decide whether california should have uh not medical but recreational full adult use cannabis and a lot of people talk about this in a grandiose way right yeah i want to be able to smoke weed everywhere well i got news for you i do smoke weed everywhere you know we live in san francisco and most parts of california that's really not an issue what is particularly interesting about it is the economics behind it And instead of wondering what may happen, uh, Sean Parker, who is of Napster fame and a big angel investor, owns a bunch of Facebook, he is very pro-cannabis and he has uh, set out a plan here, and I'm going to read it so I don't get any of the facts wrong, Uh, but he has proposed a bill, it's yet to be uh, established whether that will be on the ballot or not yet, Uh, but it would enact a sales tax of 15% uh, on any cannabis purchase, which is in addition to the... Like seven and a half or eight percent that we have in California for sales tax already. Uh, and then uh, it would be an additional cultivation tax. So anybody that's growing it is going to pay nine and a quarter dollars per ounce of flowers, right? So for every ounce of actual weed, uh, $9.25. We kind of came to a round number that uh, maybe a wholesale price of cannabis by the ounce is about a hundred dollars in California. So we're looking at roughly like nine, 10% there as well. Uh, and then Two point seven five per ounce for leaves, right? So this is kind of the shake. Interesting that they chose to tax that as well. I understand why they did, uh, but that's not a very profitable part of the plant, right? I mean, uh, is that greedy? It's kind of it's kind of a little greedy
1: of the state, right? Yeah, yeah. It's a. I mean, I'm sure that they were just trying to cover any loopholes. Um, you know, just be, before it becomes a problem. Maybe that's something that some of the other states that have gone recreational have seen. Um, I'm sure that you know there, there was a reason for for doing that. Um, at, at, at the end of the day, you know, like if you consider tax agreed, then yes, the government is greedy. They're yeah. trying to get fair our enough. money. <laughs> um, but, uh, but in the end, if it, if it results in cannabis becoming recreational in California, uh-huh. uh, I think it's a fair price to pay. Yeah. Um, if you look at the other states that have gone recreational so far, I think it looks like this is most similar to Colorado's policy. Uh, they have, I believe it's a 10% tax on the uh, on the recreational purchases of cannabis. Um, plus, there's an excise tax, which sounds very similar to uh, to the tax for the growers that you specified. Right. Um, so it seems like it, it's about And That's, this, that's it, a, that's some, a mm-hmm. tax that's already built into the price in Colorado, yeah, yeah. right? So, so, so they have to raise yeah. the prices in order to do right, it. They're passing the that taxes. along mm-hmm. in some form. Yeah. 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 yeah, so it's still the consumer ends up paying more at the end of the day. The higher the taxes are, no matter who's paying the taxes, it's gonna get passed on to the consumer. Um, and, and, and that's just, you know, that's a that's the way it's going to happen. Yeah, it uh, seems like the proposed a, bill in California is very similar to the one in Colorado uh, in
0: actuality, mm-hmm. but it's written in a very different way. Yeah, and I guess yeah, that's mm-hmm. kind of politics as, as usual. Yeah, Us as yeah. cannabis tech people, we don't really understand mm-hmm. that. It's more about efficiency, but yeah, yeah politics is a, yeah. a nasty game. While, while we're on the politics subject, <laughs> we have to talk about uh, the pending election. Uh, mm-hmm. I guess in my mind, there's really only three possibilities. I know there's other nominees out there still,, mm-hmm. uh, but it looks like it's a Bernie Hillary Trump sort of election here. Uh, I guess first of all, let's start on the Democratic side, just just for fun. Like mm-hmm. Bernie's pro pro cannabis, right? But mm-hmm. uh, does that mean you're absolutely for him? are you are you all in behind him?
1: Yeah, I'm one hundred percent in on on Bernie Sanders. He's a uh-huh. uh, in my mind, he's the best can, uh, candidate. Specifically, you know, he he's obviously very pro cannabis, which is good for the industry as a whole. Um, and uh, you know, I I think he's he's very sensible in a lot of his policies, uh, specifically about you know just decriminalizing cannabis. Right, people shouldn't be going to jail for half their life just because yeah. they have some pot on them. Mm-hmm. Um, and and these type of things just just make sense and resonate with me specifically um you know it, it's uh with any presidential candidate nobody's going to agree 100% on 100% of the policies sure. so there there may be some slight differences but in my mind he will be the candidate who benefits the the cannabis community uh the most and uh and just overall he seems like the most honest seems like, uh, like a really the, nice guy, guy right? yeah he yeah. seems like a a pretty stand up guy yeah. um he's he he doesn't have the Politician aspect to him as much as right. the as the he's other candidates. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. He's not trying to sneak do anything. You, by. Do you know, I know
0: if Hillary has come out on
1: cannabis? Has she made a, a statement about it? Do you Do you know? Um, not off the top of my head. Yeah, I, I just know, know that she's uh, she's definitely hasn't said anything pro cannabis. Yeah. Which, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, she's she seems to be a little bit more on the conservative side as far as which is very interesting go. because mm-hmm. she probably is pro cannabis, yeah. uh, but she's chosen to sort of go after a demographic that mm-hmm, is.
0: Mm-hmm maybe slightly more towards the center, preparing for her uh, you know, after she gets nominated, mm-hmm. if she does get nominated. Yeah. Let's take it to the other side. Everybody is fucking petrified that Donald Trump is going to be uh, the next president of our country. Yes, they should be. And uh, even though I do like a great deal of entertainment value in my president, mm-hmm. uh, I have to say it's a little concerning if you're in the cannabis industry. He hasn't come out directly against it, uh, but I have heard reports of him uh, being very, very critical of his kids partaking in any of that, mm-hmm. uh, and very, very uh, critical as their sobriety and And sort of, he certainly doesn't in his
1: own, in his own right. Does that make you nervous as, as a cannabis founder? Um, yes and no. I, uh, I am nervous for the country if Donald Trump is president. Okay. Um, it's, uh, <laughs>
0: for many other reasons. Yes, you know, it's
1: just. Uh, but we're gonna win again, man. We gotta win. Yeah. We don't win anymore. We gotta win. Make America great again. Yes. <laughs> um, it, I hate that phrase. Make America great again. America is fucking great, right now. Yeah. great right now. Make us great again, implying that we're not great. <laughs> That's uh, off-putting to me. But the, the part that concerns me with Donald Trump is that uh, I, I saw some recent statistics. Um, you know, and, and and take this with a grain of salt, because I have no idea how accurate it is, but somebody predicted that if Donald Trump were to gain the Republican nomination, he has a 97 to 99% chance of winning the overall election. Yeah. Um, wow. and, and that's that's very concerning to me, right? The, there are some other, I would say, more qualified Republican candidates, um, but Donald Trump seems to case be... Kasich seems to attention. be reasonable...
0: And and know what he's talking about. He has no chance of winning, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's but, a
1: yeah. Th- yeah. There's a few that that are currently standing up to Trump. Uh, if if yeah if Trump does get the nomination, then I I I, I fear for the country. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and this is uh, you know I, I I think Donald Trump is a good a good man overall, but some <laughs> of the things he says and some of the policies. He wants to enact i don't think would would necessarily be it, it's great. a headline culture right i mm-hmm. mean
0: he he created a reality show for a decade he knows exactly what he's doing he's capitalizing on the people that really aren't paying attention that closely in in my opinion because true conservatives that are really intelligent also don't like donald trump so uh but but more power to him i don't really want to hate on donald trump because he's kind of gotten this far with uh, smoke and mirrors and like mm-hmm winning. So, more on the regulation side here. Uh, Speedweed is having some serious problems in Los Angeles. Uh, this is not new. LA is not a big fan of, uh, of delivery, of medical marijuana delivery. Um, what do you think this means? I mean, they, they've said they've uh, they've uh, filed a lawsuit, the the city of, Californ- or city of California, city of Los Angeles, saying uh, that they're going to impose a $5,000 a day uh, price tag uh, fine on on Speedweed continuing to do it? I mean,
1: is it possible they're making enough money that they just don't care and they're gonna pay that? It, uh, it definitely could be possible. Um, if we run the math here, $5,000 is approximately $150,000 a month. Um, I know some of the top dispensaries in this area clear over a million dollars a month in revenue. Yeah. I'm, I have no idea uh, what how, how, how well works, Speedweed yeah. is doing. I, I assume that they're not that big, but it could be possible that they're making enough money to cover that and they're just gonna pay the fines um, and, and keep on operating. The thing about LA is that uh, it's, it's, it's interesting because there's obviously demand for many more dispensaries and delivery services uh, than there are. I, I believe at one point there was 700 or so dispensaries and delivery services in LA, and there was a law passed trying to restrict that down to 100 and, between 100 and 200, I can't remember the hmm. specific number. Um, so they're, they're, they're definitely going after these dispensaries and shutting them down and it's, it's a real problem uh, because the people are speaking, they want to be able to purchase cannabis mm-hmm. and they don't want to have to drive all the way across LA in traffic to go purchase it. Right. So it's, if there's a more convenient location to them, um, then, then it makes sense. But uh, unfortunately the city doesn't want to license those and it's fully within their right uh, to shut them down and that's because it's law Mm -hmm. in the city Um, so the dispensaries and the delivery services open up there that are openly practicing without being licensed and you know fully in in knowledge that their business is illegal this is a risk that they're taking that they can get shut down at any time um, or they might have to pay a large amount of fines Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, it's I suppose a, the most frustrating
0: part here uh, is that the city attorney of Los Angeles is, is, not in, is not consistent about it, right? So I would actually be okay if he said, okay, look, delivery is dangerous. It involves a lot of uh, cannabis and cash in a car at the same time. I know they've had some issues with crime in South Central LA, et cetera. Uh, it would be one thing if he said, okay, we're not going to have delivery in LA anymore. But then for him also to systematically limit the number of physical dispensary locations they have, really doesn't jive. And what that says to me is that he's just trying to put a clamp down
1: on cannabis in general. Is that, is that the way you see it? Yeah, it's a, uh, I mean, I, I definitely, I, I don't know the man and I don't know his personal agenda yeah. and his personal policies. So I, you know, I obviously can't speak, but uh, uh, to that effect, but you know, from the way it looks, I, I would say that, you know, he's obviously not the most pro cannabis person yeah. out there. Um, you know, that being said, he's also just a man trying to enforce the law that was right. written into effect. Yeah. The, the people voted for it and that's that's the way it is and, uh, you know, it could be that he loves cannabis and he smokes himself, but unfortunately his job is that he has to enforce the law. That was extremely <laughs> diplomatic of you there, <laughs> well, Kyle, <you>. oh, I <laughs> like that answer. Presto yeah. doctor coming soon to
0: uh, Los Angeles County. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I guess it just, uh, it brings up a question of, of whether we should have delivery, right? I mean, uh, Washington and, and, and Colorado have said that they're not going to have any delivery, although Oregon, which has more recently come online, has uh, said that they're going to allow delivery here. California, obviously, we have medical marijuana delivery, uh, but still a lot to be said as to whether when, when this is adult use, uh, you know, when we have recreational marijuana, if, if, if uh, delivery will persist. What, what's your opinion? I mean,
1: do we, do we need to have delivery? yeah i'm I'm all for delivery. I think it's a valuable service that actually provides real benefit. Um, at Presto Doctor, we help tons of patients that that actually have real chronic conditions where it's very hard for them to get out of the house. Uh, you know, and, and it's definitely easier for them to see a doctor uh, from their home via our platform, but also then if they have to go drive out to a dispensary, some of them don't drive, they have to call up somebody to come give them a ride, and it's just very mm-hmm. a painful experience for them. Uh, whereas if they can just order delivery, it's not a problem at all, and, uh, and, it's, and it's really a helpful service for them. Obviously, a lot of people will use it just because it's more convenient, and, and that's another side of it as well. I personally don't like going to the other side of town when I don't have to, where when I can just get something delivered to me. Um, And and you know, like you said, with the crime part of it too. um, Obviously, it's not the best idea if you have marijuana plus cash. Uh, It's 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 an obvious target. The issue there is cash. Yeah, the issue is cash. If 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 you know more companies could accept credit cards and debit cards online, um, just place the order it's, it's more like uh like uber you just pay and then it's there's no cash transaction and, mm-hmm. and and you get the product and i think that would that would eliminate most of the problem right there just having a large stockpile of cash yeah so i'm a little biased i work for a company that makes delivery software
0: right uh but i, I think what i've come to realize is that delivering cannabis is not so different from delivering almost anything else mm-hmm. uh, it, it's yeah, it has some high value to it, uh, but there's plenty of other examples. Alcohol is a great one where uh, alcohol is distributed and regulated very easily in, in large quantities with, with, with lots of money on the line. Uh, and it's almost like that lack of regulation is creating more, more danger there. And I, I hope as we look forward and we, and we do go to legalize this that, that we realize that like, okay, these things are possible. You know, we're, we're also delivering prescription medication places, right? Which, mm-hmm. which has a, a lot of uh, danger, potential risk to it. So mm-hmm. uh, very interesting, gonna be fascinating to see how that comes together in LA and what that means for companies like Meadow and Ease and you know, all the other just uh, individual dispensaries in Southern California, you know, is this a precedent that's going to uh, to permeate other counties? It's going to be fascinating to find out. Hopefully, we can get this on the ballot and legalize recreational use before that's a before that's an issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, if we do get this recreationally legal, you know, makes it on the ballot, which I expect it to, mm-hmm. and then we and then we pass it as a state. Uh, you know, are we going to, is medical going to persist? Is that something that, that we need? You know, I mean, uh, I think in other states you've seen it uh, taxed at different rates or, or not taxed because it's, it's medicine. Um, I don't necessarily use cannabis like medicine. I think it has medicinal properties. But, you know, do, do you want to see uh, medical persist after, after legalization happens?
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously, I'm a little bit biased, but uh, <laughs> I, the, the, I, I think medical will will definitely persist yeah. uh, after recreational happens. Um, you know, for two reasons. One is just that a lot of people have their medical recre uh, medical recommendations now. And will want to pay a lower rate, and that's just you know more of a loophole. And but that's not something that we're interested in. Uh, there is a ton of medical research going into cannabis right now, and it's actually increasing at an enormous rate right now. Uh, and it's very exciting to see the actual medical benefits that can come from from cannabis. There's there's tons of people that they don't they don't want to get high. They're not trying to get high. They're just trying to use cannabis as a pain reliever or help them to sleep or uh, you know for a variety of number of reasons. And if more you know money goes into the actual research side of it, and we and we can isolate the certain parts of cannabis that uh, that help people with these conditions that they're having, uh, I think that would be huge. Uh, not everybody is, is you know, not everybody likes getting high. Not everybody wants to get high. Um, you know, obviously the, the recreational side of it will probably be more people trying to get high. Yeah. Um, and, and that's fine it's, uh, it's just you know two different kind of ends of the spectrum here. And you know obviously presto doctor, we're investing more heavily on the medical side of it and the medical applications of cannabis. Um, and I think that there's a very strong feature there, not only in California but in all of the other states that are medical right now, um, as well as if the country, someday finally legalizes it, uh, there's going to be a huge explosion of medical research in that as well. All the labs that can't do it right now because they might receive federal funding or are afraid of uh, federal backlash. So they're just staying away. But if it were legal at the federal level, there's so many companies that could go into this um, and and just start finding out many new applications for it. There's there's no
0: question. I mean, we have to fund the research of cannabis further, whether that's privately or publicly. Uh, It really doesn't matter, but we have to know more about it. We have to know uh, not just the the downsides, which have been have been analyzed. That's the part that has been tested and researched. Mm-hmm. But the, the tremendous medical benefits that come from uh, you know the uh, non psychoactive cannabinoids, THCA, CBD. Mm-hmm. We just did a clip about that. If it's so like we'll like link that over here. Sometime. But <laughs> but yeah, mm-hmm. I think I see a massive operational problem where if they just uh, if we get adult legal right, we we vote that into office, and then we we say uh, you know that medical is going to persist. Uh, but we're not going to tax it or we're going to tax it at a lower rate than, than mm-hmm. what we do recreational. I have a user, it, I'm sort of in an in a issue, right? Where it's like, hmm, I could continue being a patient mm-hmm. and paying this less or, or no tax, or I can purchase it recreationally.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: so as a, as a state, do we say, uh, okay, well, effective now, your medical recommendation is no longer good right you have to go get re-verified uh, i mean you would almost have to right otherwise you would have people constantly abusing the system uh, in my opinion yeah. as they do today
1: but i think i think it won't be as big of an issue as uh, you know, as you think the A medical recommendation is still, it will have to be still a valid recommendation. You can't take back a doctor's words uh, after they write them. And uh, and I assume that they'll still be valid once this happens. Um, But you could not allow them to renew it. Right, like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's. I mean, if the legislation went into effect, maybe they would put more stringent uh, requirements for getting the medical recommendation. Uh, Right now in California, it's it's pretty open ended. There's a a ton of different conditions that you can use to qualify for medical cannabis, Um, and I can't imagine that they're gonna. Decrease the amount of conditions, or or make it uh, too much harder to get a medical recommendation, um, just because. You think they're just going to capture the market that think, never wanted to go get a medical yeah, card, yeah, and
0: the loss of potential mm-hmm. tax revenue from medical? Fuck it. It's right? yeah.
1: I mean, they're still making enough money on it. Uh, they're taxing at a higher rate, it seems, than Colorado, yeah. and Colorado is making a ton of money. Um, and they're also making, Colorado's making a lot of money from tourism now, people are coming into the state yep. uh, and purchasing. Obviously, they're going to be recreational, tourism, user, yeah. Yeah, recreational users, and, and I think that would be much, much bigger in California than it would be in Colorado. Yeah, I mean, I have some numbers here. If you just look at the populations of the different states,
0: right, California, we're at roughly 40 million people, which is crazy how big fucking California is. But anyway, and then combined, Washington, Colorado, and Oregon is only like 16 and a half million. So I'm not sure if there's a discrepancy in the percentage of people that consume cannabis in those two states. But just by sheer population alone, we are massive. I mean, we're like, what, 60% than bigger than the total rest of the market. It's pretty, mm-hmm, pretty mm-hmm. insane. So uh, it, it really does make the regulations that happen here so crucial. Because mm-hmm. I think that will set the precedent for a lot of other states that will follow mm-hmm, after that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So another very interesting thing happened this week. Uh, DARE. Uh, which is the long-standing drug uh, sort of education, anti-drug education uh, program that has been in schools. I actually thought it was a California thing, but turns out that it's it's much bigger than that. Everybody went through, South Dakota went through DARE as well. Uh, And uh, they've come out this week and finally admitted that cannabis is not a gateway drug, that it does not necessarily lead you uh, into harder drugs, which to you and I or anybody else that smokes cannabis is pretty obvious. Uh, but do you see this as a, is this a big deal or is this like uh, a finally kind of deal?
1: I think, you know, in, until, until Dare actually gets to changing their whole program and the, the way that they're, you know, disseminating this information, I don't think it's going to make a very big impact. Um, the unfortunately, the problem with DARE is that there's so many different DARE uh, chapters, maybe that uh, in, yeah. in every different you know city around the country, and they're they're teaching uh, these kids that uh, you know cannabis is bad, marijuana is bad, and you know as you said, like it's a gateway drug. Yeah. Once you try this one, you're just going to start doing meth and heroin, and and your life is ruined forever. Yeah. Um, obviously, that's not the case, as you know, I, I I started smoking a little bit earlier than I probably should have. Um, you know looking back at it but I think I turned out fine and you turned out fine and we're both not heroin addicts right now um, so there is a lot of misinformation that they're spreading and just getting that all in line and and actually saying to each individual city and chapter that don't say anything bad about marijuana. Yeah, I feel like that's not going to happen anytime soon. Um, even even if the website doesn't show marijuana as a gateway drug anymore, uh, there's there's sure. just so much information from these older generations that are teaching that uh, you know they've got it burned into their mind that it's a bad thing, and we have to you know still continue teaching it that way.
0: Yeah, I mean when I think about young people in this country, and I mean we're we're young, but when I say that, I mean like high school kids, right? People that mm-hmm. would be uh, exposed to Dare. It's like, I mean, we have to give them just the most accurate information possible because, Mm -hmm. I mean, you can Google these things so easily. Uh, I have little sisters. What I try to impart on them is just give them the facts, right? Let them make the decision, right? So, yeah, I smoke cannabis. I don't smoke cannabis uh, in excess at some points. I don't do it all day, every day because, you know, you need to do shit with your life, right? And I think that's kind of the, the, the theme that we have to inform people. Look, you can do heroin one time and die. You can, that happens, right? But no one smokes cannabis and dies. Like, there's a clear division there. It's cool that Dare's sort of uh, coming around to to see that, even if it's in small part. I mean, mostly Dare just informed me about, you know, like, what drugs would do to me and, like, you know...
1: Mm kind of yeah. gave me a list of ones I wanted to try but I think, yeah. that's a different uh, that's a different topic. <laughs> I think the yeah the thing going off what you said the the problem with dare is that they're teaching based on scare tactics, right? They yeah. they're saying if you try any drugs at all, this is a picture of what you're going to look like yeah. when you're in jail. Right right right. Yeah. And uh and it's and it's you know, instead, it should be more of an actual, like, educational. Like, these drugs are actually very bad for you. If they're going to talk about cannabis, it's it's still. I mean, I definitely don't recommend it for for kids and people who are uh, generally. It's looking like, and this is obviously another area where where we need more research too, and more research dollars going into it. Uh, it's the same same reason that you know, drinking alcohol at a, at a young age, it can it can slow the development of your brain. Um, so. Theoretically, you should wait until your early 20s before you, you know, you're you're using any substance, alcohol, marijuana, um, whatnot. And this is in an ideal world, and, and that's yep. obviously not going to happen uh, 100% of the time. And that's not something that that I really want to be on the enforcing side of either. Um, Good luck. Yeah, exactly. It's, <laughs> it's just not. Uh, yeah. It's not realistic. Yeah. But if we instead said that you know marijuana is, it's not going to kill you. It's not going to, um, you know, like cause you to start doing meth. Um, but, you know, there could be some negative side effects from doing it at a young age. Uh, so therefore, we recommend that if you're going to try marijuana, you wait until you're 21. Uh, and that could be a more reasonable approach that DARE can take.
0: I think one of the
1: other misconceptions that a lot of people have about cannabis is that it
0: it just immediately kills your motivation, right? Like you have no drive to do anything in life. And and while I won't say that that smoking tremendous amounts of cannabis may improve your motivation. Uh, I think you and I are a pretty good testament as to the fact that you can smoke cannabis uh, regularly in your life and still be very productive and have goals and all those other things. And uh, I don't know, I mean how do how do we kind of walk that line? How do we make it so that young people know you can smoke cannabis and have a, a productive life, uh but understand where your line is and where when too much is too much. Don't do it in excess and you'll be fine. I think moderation is the key word there, yeah. And whatever moderation means for you, right, it's different for everybody. You know, some people have a little bit of cannabis and it's too much. It's more than they ever wanted in their life and, and that's fine, you know. Other people seem to be able to uh, function quite quite well on it. Um, cool. Well, let's uh, let's break from the education moment here for a second. Have a little fun. Uh, it's Saturday afternoon, so, you know, why not?
1: Uh, what, what are you smoking on right now, man? What's what, What's your go-to? So, yeah, so I my favorite strain right now at the moment, I have, uh, it's, it's called Green Dragon, yeah. and, uh, it's, it's more of an indica, um, but, uh, but it just, it just makes me feel really good, like, I, I'm just in a happy mood, I'm just, uh, just, just feeling great, um, and, and, you know, it's, it's, I can still function as a regular human mm-hmm. um, after after I consume that. So so that one's kind of my, my good flowers, too. We're talking about flowers, right? The green yeah, dragon yeah. flowers. Green dragon right? is a strand yeah, of, of flowers. And you know, it's you just grind it up and roll it up. But I, I have a vaporizer as well that I use. Um,
0: I'm also- Do you find that you use different mediums depending on the time of day?
1: It's, it's not so much the time of the day, but rather where in, where I am, like the environment yeah. that I'm in. Yeah. Um, you know, so like a vaporizer is a little bit more portable and easy to use, where you don't have to have all the you know equipment to roll it up and grind it up and yeah, um, and whatnot. So, and, and you know, a lighter and all, all the things that, that yeah. are required for certain methods of, of yeah. consumption. But so, so the vaporizer is just more. I, I have it on me, um, and it's and it's great to you know, yeah, know, it's port my mobile solution. Program also doesn't
0: like make me as high right yeah, so yeah. it's like yeah, you it's, know it's it's, it's yeah. a very functional sort of mm-hmm. social uh, are you still uh, yeah you have this one vape pen i don't know if you're still using it but with the okay, usb yeah. mic uh pass through mm-hmm. micro usb pass through which allows you to charge it mm-hmm. and smoke at the same time mm-hmm. which i'm very envious of because i plug this in at my desk generally to charge it uh, and then we've got some some bags yeah, here. Right nice, the... nice bag, by the way. Really. Thank you. Just yes. Crushing it. Look at all those. Canvas dollars falling in um
1: yeah so this is this is the one and i don't actually know the brand of it but that's okay um, they're not paying us so yeah but uh but i use this because it has uh has the micro usb which i I can use my cell phone charger uh, to plug it in this one also has a variable voltage on it Uh, i'm sorry i'm kind of nerding out about this here uh, uh, i'm I'm interested in this but but you can actually uh, change the voltage up and down so if it's if it's certain vapor cartridges uh, they they don't work very well at a low voltage they might need to increase it sometimes the the vapor is a little bit too heavy and it comes out more as smoke mm-hmm. so in that situation then you want to turn it down a little bit so it's not not as heavy coming out
0: yeah I find the the massive layover from the uh, tobacco you know nicotine vapes mm-hmm. is that they put out a, a voltage that's much higher mm-hmm. than what cannabis wants so I yeah. constantly am looking for a low voltage I think like 3.2 is kind of mm-hmm. nice. Like yeah, yeah. Maybe. 3.3, I think. Yeah, and some 7, of the yeah. nicotine in contrast could be 4.2. Yeah, some of them go 4.5, 4.5, right? 5, right? Five Yeah, five, yeah. Right? yeah. Mm-hmm. so big difference there. And and it particularly affects like the flavor, mm-hmm. sort of the t- It feels like it's it's burning, I like guess. Yeah yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. But anyway, so, in particular, it's a little large. That's a, yeah, it's a it's little bit. It's, it's the larger than one, yeah. Than the one I rock here. I'm. I'm kind of sleek here. This is a W Vape pen here. Mm-hmm. Uh, we should get them Yeah, uh, like you should get I have W Vape right here, want. too. Oh, mm-hmm. man. Yeah, I haven't tried the cartridge before. Aside from the business of cannabis, there's like this whole like entertainment, like can I entertainment world that's going on, mm-hmm. podcasts, I guess we play in that world. We try to educate, but we're also entertaining. You know? Like if you look around the industry, I mean, who, who are you really into? Like is there a celeb that, that
1: you follow? I mean, obviously Snoop Dogg is one, is one of my favorites, yep. um, you know, he's, he's entertaining for obvious reasons, and uh, you know, I, I think if, if there was one celebrity I'd want to smoke with, it'd probably be Snoop Dogg. I think yeah. that'd be really fun. Yep. Uh, uh, I think I'd pick Seth Rogen. Seth Rogen, yeah, that can be a He just seems one like a dude like I would mm-hmm. like, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. He was just here. A, yeah, you um, can't not like Seth Rogan. I so. mean, and we're not
0: between the ferns today, but we're on either side of the fern, one so like, Galifianakis or uh, mm-hmm. Rogan, let, let us know. We'll talk about some cannabis. Yeah. Seth Rogan did this interesting <laughs> video where he, uh, he demoed how to roll a joint.
1: Mm-hmm. I saw you that saw that? Round. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah.
0: Awesome. Thanks so much for watching guys. Check us out all over the internets, all over the, uh, the interwebs here. We're on uh, Twitter, uh, at cannabis pod on Instagram, uh, investing mass roots, making a push on mass roots. Shout stitcher. out to Isaac stitcher. We're on stitcher. Mantis. We're getting all these video platforms, mantis, uh, shout out cannabis radio. We're trying to do a little thing over there. Uh, yeah, it's dope, man. Uh, we're, we're growing. Educating, uh, get acquainted. Thanks for watching, see ya. Investing in cannabis is 100% independent media. Now because we don't answer to a, a big corporation or we don't have a parent company, anything like that, Uh, We also uh, need revenue to continue making the the show and to continue bringing the quality content that that you've been tuning into. And if you're tuning in, I I really appreciate it. Thank you. I mean, uh, I do this show exactly for people like you, people that maybe uh, aren't prepared to let the whole world know that they they smoke cannabis, they're not ready to come out of the green closet, uh, but they still wanna know, they're interested, they they wanna pay attention, they wanna tune in, they wanna get acquainted with what's going on. Uh, So there's this company called Patreon, this, this great startup here in San Francisco, And they allow you to donate small amounts of money every month to to the followers, the artists, uh, the people that you want to patronize, right? Uh, The people that that you want to give money and support to to continue creating the content that that you love, right? And and so that it doesn't change, so that it doesn't get over-corporatized with a lot of sponsors. It's your ability to just continue funding the things that you want to pay attention to. Uh, What I'm asking you as as the host of Investing in Cannabis is that you take the time and and take a little bit of money and and you invest in cannabis too. Even if you you aren't in a position to come out to the world or you got a conservative job uh, if, if you're smoking cannabis if you're enjoying it uh, just you know, donate a little bit of money to us anonymously, right? So there, there's nobody else out there is going to know that. Uh, you can go to our Patreon page. We'll link it out for you right here, and uh, you know, just give five, ten bucks a month. I mean, you, you're buying that weed anyway, so let's support the movement, uh, and, and let's all invest in Canada.